Before we begin today's podcast, we have our patrons over at Patreon. They are Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, Andy Herbrandt, Eric Sari, Lauren L., Rock the Green, Hanson Screen Printing, Daniel and Cara Lighting, Greg Whalen, and Kelby Goodman. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on here at the podcast. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the dairy state. We are your hosts, Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, we have another spectacular episode for you today. This is part two of our haunted Wisco Taverns. And uh, we have a great guest with us again this week. Badgerland Legends Jeff sticking it out for a second week with us here. Um, what what I like best about Wisconsin uh, Legends Jeff here, this Badgerland Legends Jeff, he keeps us on the straight and narrow. Right. We go way too off tangent usually. It, it normally, gets kind of ridiculous. Normally it gets a little gnarly, right? And, yeah. uh, and Jeff keeps us uh, kind of between... The, the rails here and uh, and then also brings in a, a really nice personal touch to uh, each one of these places. Uh, Jeff has been to almost all of these uh, these Wisco taverns that we've brought up and has a story to tell about each one of them. He brings in uh, a little bit more of that professional uh, uh, you know, talk as far as it goes with the the locations themselves and the history involved. You and I love the history of it, but we also love to be uh, a little on the comedic side. Um, we we talk randomly, do we? Yeah. Like we even branch out about Shania Twain this, this episode. Yes, uh, <laughs> that don't impress me much. I, right, yeah, it was right, pretty right. good though. <laughs> so great, great stuff coming up here. We've got a lot of Wisconsin taverns that we're going to talk about. A lot of really cool uh, uh, ghostly and ghouly type stuff. Um, but we also have music on this episode from Hey Mercedes. A huge throwback to when we were in high school. Yeah, and and, and just a really cool uh, uh, music that, you'll, uh, that you'll, you'll definitely be able to hear kind of that late 90s, early 2000s vibe of pop it. Pop punk, indie. That kind of emo. pop punk. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you'll, you'll definitely catch that vibe uh, as well as, uh, you know, our normal stuff. We've got a great review of a beverage that is alcoholic in nature. And we're going to bring that to you as well as why wouldn't we the infamous, how many locals you at? <laughs> I like the, the fierce breathe that you did there. Uh, a little grunt in there too. A little so, T levels raisin. Right. And, steroids. uh, you know, we're going to give you the little, uh, the, the presentation that we always do. Uh, if you want to fast forward just a couple seconds, if you've heard it before, which you have probably, this is 126 episodes here, but if you could leave us a review, give us that five star, something like that. Review we us really appreciate wherever you listen to the podcast. I mean, we're on like hundreds of platforms at this point. Oh no, yeah. Um, 
even if you just simply Google Wisconsin drunken history, that's it. If you Google that, you're going to get all of our stuff. It's great. The SEO has worked. Uh, we are on the first page uh, for all of our stuff. And uh, if you could just leave us that review. And also, if you're really digging the show, visit our website, wisconsindrunkenhistory.com. That's where you can find more information about our Patreon, where you can uh, give us some real money in order to support some of this stuff, uh, as well as our T Public link, which is where you can find merch that has our logo. And uh, we have a ton of different items on there. Um, and, and in the future, Russ and I are definitely thinking about um, doing a little bit of uh, 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 specialized merch that we're going to do limited runs of. Uh, so definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. We're going to work with Steph Seibeck. Uh, our friend who created the logo and who we work with as our digital designer here. Uh, and we're going to find some really cool logos that we want to do some really limited run merch uh, that we'll do and we'll take orders for. Uh, so keep your eyes uh, and ears peeled for that. Um, and then, Hey, without further ado, we're going to jump right in. We're going to get to some sweet, sweet, Wisconsin Haunted Taverns Part 2. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. We got Part 2 of the haunts. We're talking about bars and taverns, the only place where you're going to go when you die here in Wisco. And, uh, yeah, Jeff, or, I'm glad you're back. And, um, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast before we begin, too, so our listeners can check that out? Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I did the Wisconsin Legends podcast. We have the first season out now, and we covered everything from the Queen City Cannibal, Jeffrey Dahmer. We did Keen. We did Hotel Hell. Uh, we did. We went down to Haunchyville, and we told you about that Devil's Lake and the Ridgeway Ghost, which also tied into the Middle Point Vampire. So oh. uh, go check that out wherever you find podcasts. At the Wisconsin Legends Podcast, and uh, I teamed up with Mike Huberty of American Ghost Walks and Huntspot. So uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Awesome. Thank you for giving this. And yeah, man, you know, those are like the classic legends. And I love I love anything I can hear about those, especially when there's like new information. And I think you guys did a great job kind of filling in some of the gaps I had on some of them. Like the Mineral Point Vampire is just freaking awesome story. I mean, I love that yeah. one. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and how uh, Mike led that episode and he kind of tied it into the oldest ghost in Wisconsin, the Ridgeway Phantom, and kind of the modern incarnation is the middle point vampire so give that one a listen if you're into you know obviously if you're here you're into history so we really dig deep into that one and that's kind of what we want to do is kind of do like a deep dive one-on-one on each of these topics awesome yeah and 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 that was obviously a, a great time hanging out with you at Russ's birthday bash. Oh yeah. Um, I think you got. I got a little too inebriated, to be honest. Like I don't yeah. remember a lot of it. To be I mean, honest. I, I started way I, too early. I didn't want to be the one that mentioned it, but you and I, I think, got pretty pretty lit up. Your brother was really lit feeling up. it. Jeff, you were you kept it tame. You you, you had mean, the perfect I, amount. I, I kept it between the rails. Yeah, yeah the, you, uh, the line. So and you brought um, some tremendous time. food too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I, I cooked up the uh, Wisconsin chili there. Yeah, oh, that man, was that so was honestly good. the highlight of my night was getting oh. to, to taste that, and then uh, some of the leftover uh, sausages too that that hit good at uh, you know I don't know midnight or whatever it was as we were just jamming out. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it was yep, so. My beef in, and uh, even Russell's brother Matt decided to uh, 
sneak up and scare us with the uh, the Wolfman costume. I, you know, I did. One of the highlights of the trip. I was not involved in the planning of that, but I am so glad that it happened. That was that was kind of funny. I was so drunk, I didn't even know that what happened. Great. To yeah. be honest with you. <laughs> awesome. Well, Russ, why don't you get us started here? Um, this is a place that I have personally visited. I haven't oh, visited course. a bunch on this list, but um, the Showboat Saloon, baby. Captain oh, yeah. Brady's. Captain Brady there. And, uh, yeah, this one's in Wisconsin Dells, um, kind of a staple in the Dells when it comes to taverns and saloons and bars. Yeah. Um, yeah. And plus, you know, you're not only going to get that dive bar feel. Well, this one has actually, they fixed it up recently, but it used to be kind of divey. I remember That's what going, I heard. Yeah, they fixed it up recently. Um, and does it go by a different name? No, it's just Captain Brady's Showboat Saloon. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. I didn't know if they changed anything. I, I have it that it, they call it Ghost Mines now. Is that oh, true? Is it? The sign with the legend. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So they oh, did. Oh, they did change it because I was there as a kid with my parents. Unfortunately, like that's a Wisconsin staple, right? Go to the bar with Russ. your parents and hang out. I <laughs> hate got to admit this. Drunk on PBRs. I, I hate to admit 12. this, but as a kid, I used to go to bars with my parents, and I do remember Captain Brady's Showboat Saloon. It's kind of a staple downtown, and obviously, I don't. I don't go to the Dells as much. I mean, I'm no. not much of a tourist guy anymore that I live here. You know, yeah. I don't really do the touristy things. My wife and I visited uh, the Showboat. Uh, couple of years ago uh during covid i think actually towards the the beginning of everything and we decided we wanted to get out of uh out of you know the the muskego area at the time and and go visit and uh the the dells was still pretty much up and hopping like it, no, nobody really knew what it, what it what it was up there so yeah and so i guess like jeff said they changed the name to ghost molly there so with a name like ghost molly it's got to be haunted According to legend, a woman named Molly used to occupy the historic building. Some say she still does. The turn-of-the-century saloon was built by William and Minnie Stanton. It was operated as a saloon and housed the offices for the Milwaukee Railroad Company upstairs. Wow. And during Prohibition, the owners pivoted and started selling confections of Stanton's Sweet Shop with a squeaky clean candy coating. Some say they ran a saloon out of the basement, which... Of course they did. Yeah, of course. Duh. You, you have to, right? Yeah. Around this time. Molly is often seen wearing a period dress, and we're talking about like the period, not like stained. Yeah. Okay, let's... <laughs> We're not trying to get greasy here. Patrons no, have reported a, a costume character to puzzlement of the staff. The bewilderment intensified as once a lady vanished. Atop the full-bodied apparition of Molly, the paranormal claims include disembodied voices, doors opening and closing by an unseen force, and a transient cold chill in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, period dress. Yeah. It's, we're talking Victorian. It's just not, of the not time. Not that time of the month. Victorian. The yeah. Victorian period. Okay. Jesus. So in the last episode, we talked about the old Baraboo Inn yeah. and kind of uh, the institution of the place. Now, Ghost Molly's, uh, that's really a throwback to the early Dells era. It's that institution on Broadway. And I know we talked uh, last episode about the American Ghost Walks and Mike featured this on the American Ghost Walks tour because both of its history and its haunting. So, uh, the current name change and rebranding as Ghost Molly's is pretty cool too. Kind of a, a nod to uh, you know some of the paranormal history there, but it's a casual place to grab a beer and a bite with a chance to see a ghost. For sure, which is amazing, and and you know you can't really beat the the downtown Dells area is kind of cool. You get to walk around from place to place. Showboat is just you know one of uh, of many bars kind of right on that strip, so it's. You know, it's it's definitely a must visit if you're in that area. And then, you know, Baraboo's only a, a short, what, 15-minute drive from the Dells, too. So, um, 
you could definitely go check out a few different things there too and the circus stuff uh uh, right there too. So. And something I got to throw out to you, and maybe Jeff, I don't know if you've done this, but the the, the boat tours, the ducks, right? Oh yeah, the ducks. They actually ducks, have yeah. a haunted. Oh, yeah. They Army have a ducks. haunted ducks tour now as well. A ghost ducks. I, tour. I have yet to do the ghost boat. Is how it's uh, uh, marketed on the sign, but uh, it's definitely something that I want to do. I think you go up into the uh, witch's gulch as well. Oh, that's oh, like I love the witch's gulch. Definitely on the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin bucket list. When it comes I'd like to, the, to go to the witch's gooch. Gulch. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> well, you don't want to go into that cauldron. But, uh, so, yeah, you know, the cool thing is, like, if you're going to go to the Dells, the Ducks Tour is probably, like, the most iconic. It's how it all started, Definitely. right, with the H.H. Bennett, mm-hmm. seeing all those icons like the Witch's Gulch. Aren't they called the Army Ducks? They were used in military operations. There's, yeah. Well, there, there's two competing tours. There's oh, the shoot. original Wisconsin Ducks, and then there's the Army Ducks, too. Oh, man, um, I see. I'm, I've only I'm been on the... I've only been on the original, and that's the OG, and that's so cool because, you know, you're driving through the Dells, and, it's, you know, you got all these kitschy roadside attractions and souvenir shops and tchotchkes and whatnot, but then you actually, you know, step foot onto these old uh, 1940s Army vehicles that drive through the streets of the Dells and then go on some of these back roads um, and trails into the waters of Lake Delton. And then you get to see all of those cool Wisconsin Dells rock formations. It's just, um, it's a great kind of detour off the, the main drag of with, uh, can be kind of obnoxious. Yeah. Wisconsin Dells. Yeah. And that's, it's definitely a cool tour. So, uh, all right. What is our next one this, here? This one's huge. I mean, like, it's hard to sum this one up and actually yeah. do it. You know what I mean? And I, we, I think Jeff Jeff kind of helped us sum some of these up, and I think he did a great job doing it because this is an episode in itself, right? I yeah. mean, the event is yeah. so monumental, and, you know, even when you watch Public Enemies, this is featured in Public Enemies as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Eric, do you want to tell us a little bit about Little Bohemia and yeah. Manitowish? Yeah, so this is Little Bohemia, Manitowish, like Russ said. If uh, if you're ever up in the Minocqua area, which I'm, I'm sure many many have visited that area, it's just a short drive uh, north uh, and and... Really cool area. One of uh, the breweries that we've talked to uh, is actually featured up in that area too. So, um, but on Sunday, April twenty second, nineteen thirty four, John Dillinger and his men were hunkered down at a vacation property, uh, the Little Bohemia Lodge. The lodge and its cabins uh, nestled on the shores of Little Star Lake in the Northwoods. Uh, Dillinger, public enemy number one, uh, obviously was nationally known for his high stakes bank robberies and uh, many jailbreaks. Uh, perhaps the gang was laying low after their most recent heist or planning their next robbery. Uh, so they're held up in this Northwoods cabin, like they said, either laying low or, or planning for something next. And I just want I, I just wanted I a, a little old-fashioned C, and then the FBI came and ruined a good time. Me <laughs> and my buddies just hanging out up here. I was just going to say, I hope they had some point specials. Oh, you bet they oh. did. You betcha. Yeah. They probably got some fishing done with oh, some yeah. shorties. They had a fish fry. They had, yeah. some, they had some shorties. Yeah. They had the whole deal going on. Right, yeah. Like the little Rhinelander yeah. brew, the little Rhinelander chugs. Yep. Yeah, they probably had a, a whole box of shore lunch just ready to rock and roll. But uh, after receiving a tip, FBI men descended on the lodge, and as they approached, uh, the resident dogs began to bark kind of alerting to their presence, uh, knowing that their plot may be foiled, the G-men dispersed. Three men would leave the lodge and get into a car, uh, their radio blasting as the car peeled out. Woo. You can just hear it now. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> As they listen to Jay Z. Eastbound down. <clears throat> Eastbound down. Loaded up in trucking. So the agent suspected this must be Dillinger and his men. Uh, they hailed the car to stop. Guns drawn. Uh, this is a whole scene here we're playing out. The car continued forward. Agents interrupted. Uh, or, or uh, yeah. In what? Agents interpreted. Agents interpreted. Yeah, failure. the failure to heed as an act of aggression. So they basically failed to stop, and they were thinking, "Man, these guys are you know trying to be aggressive about this thing, and they're they're leaving." Uh, they opened fire upon the car, killing the driver. Uh, tragically, he was not actually one of the bandits, but a uh, conservation corps worker. So, nice, unfortunately, nice, nice shot, G man. Why not just stop then? You he know, just, he's cutting some logs, and then he got a bullet that cut him in half. But, you know, the, you that's know, the thing, like, though, is that obviously the agents interpreted that as, as something, you know, way way more sinister, where if he didn't have anything to do with, you know, the G-men or anything, and if he wasn't doing anything wrong, why not just stop, you know? Um, so tragically, this guy lost his life over, you know, just a, a silly mistake. So the Dillinger gang was actually upstairs when the shots rang out. Fearing that they were being raided, they lobbed a cover uh, 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 into the, the parking lot and quickly fled on foot. So... Uh, they're they're making their way uh, just on their boots. Uh, the agents volleyed back a rain of rounds into the lodge, so they're literally just hailing gunfire into this place, putting holes through this sweet little cabin. Uh, this is where the legend came in. As Dillinger was fleeing the raid, uh, he stopped along the lakeshore to bury $200,000 cash uh, of bills, uh, which proved to, to uh, too heavy to carry on foot. Obviously, $200,000 is, is a lot of money. Who knows what size bills these things were, but um, can you imagine carrying that, Russ or Jeff? I I mean, I that's a lot of money. I I would have it on my back. I'd get away, dude. It's you like you'd, be, you'd still run with oh, it? Oh, yeah. Take the money and run, dude. Steve Miller, that ass. <laughs> um, presumably, the loot was actually from their latest robbery, of course. Um, you know, the, the take take away two hundred thousand dollars from a bank. I don't even know if banks had two hundred thousand dollars back That's then. That's a lot of cash back then. That's, That's unreal amounts of money. Nineteen thirty four. Like when people are making a dollar a week, you a know, Ford, a <laughs> Ford car costs like two hundred dollars. I know, like, right? What the fuck. Um, and so two months to the day, Dillinger was dead. Shot outside the Biograph Theater in Chicago. Uh, Russ, a terrible place to die. Terrible place to die in Illinois. And there. you mentioned, I think, the Dillinger uh, movie, the the uh, Public, Public Enemy. Enemy. Oh my god, it's um, a great movie, actually. With uh, what's his name, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. And it was some of it was filmed in Heartland. Crazy, we were, like in the area at the time when it was being filmed, yeah. which is pretty cool. So. Crazy, crazy scene. If you ever get a chance to see that, it was like a hot ass day. They were actually escaping to the theater to get some AC. So uh, go and see a picture, cool down a little bit, so you're not so dripping hot. And then boom, dead. Um, he never returned to the resort to recover that money that we said he buried. Um, you can visit the site of the shootout and the hideaway at the Little Bohemia Lodge near Manitowish Waters. Uh, and maybe while walking along the lakeshore or exploring the nearby woods, you'll be the one to actually discover the long-lost cache of money. Um, as for hauntings, some claim that the cabin on the grounds is haunted by one of these CCC workers. Uh, Eugene, what is it, Boysno? Is that a is, is that am I saying it right? I, it sounds about right. Boys, no, it's a very we're, weird we're name. Up, yeah. yeah, yeah. Unexplained noises and uh, spectral figures uh, have also been reported there. So, uh, have either of you actually been to the Lo Little Bohemia Lodge? Oh, of course. I, I have not actually. And actually, I believe they still have one of the windows framed in with the gunshot. Wow. With one of the yeah. bullets in it. So. Great. I, I went up there with my parents back when we visited the Monopoly, probably when I was nine or ten, so I didn't understand anything about this 
but uh, it's definitely on the bucket list to get back there. Um, you know, the coolest part about it is definitely the history. Um, no, the Dillinger gang died there, so you don't expect to see any gang jokes, but that tragedy that befell the CCP worker um, could definitely be a source of the hauntings. And ghost aside, it's really cool to go up there, and you can actually, like you mentioned, you can see the bullet holes from the shootout that are still memorialized in the wall. That's so, so cool crazy. That kind of held on to that little piece of uh, Northwood gangster history right there at the little Bohemia Lodge. Yeah, I believe I believe some of the other people that have been there is like Babyface Nelson, some of the old other larger gangsters from Chicago. Yeah. And I, I'm guessing, you know what, that restaurant is pretty darn nice. I'm guessing they found that cash, and that's why it's so nice. <laughs> to be honest with you, like that is a nice restaurant. They renovated it. You, with, know, uh, some local, you know some local found it on the lakeshore, picked it up, and uh, he dispersed it amongst his buddies and uh, bought a cabin in Northwood. It was probably some fucking Illinois bastard that found it. <laughs> Hanging out up there. You never know. Monaco's a pretty nice town, so maybe they dispersed it, like Jeff said. And yeah. that's why maybe why Monaco is such a nice town. Oh, yeah, yeah. For maybe. Sure. So. Okay, so the next one we got on our list, awesome place in Madison. We're talking yeah. about the Wonder Bar here. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take this one, guys. So when I moved to Madison, the Wonder Bar was called the Bar Next Door. It was the nearest uh, bar to my apartment. I frequented the bar and had several discussions with the manager and staff about the history of both the place and the, the supernatural. The manager showed me a photo of a whiskey apparition uh, <laughs> apparition that stood in the corner, which resembled a man holding a Tommy gun. So he had this stack of Kodaks or Polaroids um, that he kept um, kind of in the back corner of the bar, and he, he showed me this one. And this was before Photoshop was really prominent. It was on, like, Polaroid or a Kodak. And it showed this with the apparition. It looked like he was carrying a Tommy gun. So I was like, wow, I'm intrigued. Now, it was owned by a rival gang to the outfit. It was called the Tui Gang. And Eddie wasn't an active gangster. He was the proprietor of the bar. He liked to keep bar, but his brother, brother Roger Tui, was a notorious gang boss. And like I said, also the rival of the Chicago outfit. So three of Eddie's brothers were killed in gangland violence. So Eddie, he just wanted to keep bar. He probably, you know, ran some stuff out of the basement. And uh, he, he just kind of wanted to be low-key, but, you know, with, with brothers, he kind of stick together. So another prevailing legend is that a cache of bones from an unknown person is stored within the fireplace on the top floor. Oh, we can't verify this. I was shown a place where this could plausibly be. Now, glasses and bottles are said to move on their own, and a white lady has been seen on Billy's top floor. So, uh, unfortunately, this place is currently closed. It was a casualty of COVID. I'm hoping that the owners open it back up, but uh, I think the the stories and um, just the history of the place deserve to be preserved. This is, this is like really too bad for me because this is one of the bars I've actually been to when I was in Madison going to school there. Yeah. Uh, kind of sad that this place closed because, yeah, I mean – we t- we talked to one of the bartenders and he was telling me like pretty much pretty much nightly. Obviously, I didn't get to see it, but he said pretty much nightly there's something that happens. Chairs will pull out, things like that. Glasses moving, you know, your standard bar location stuff. And yeah, it's kind of like yeah. unfortunate, like you said, a COVID victim. It is, you know? yeah, yeah. And th- this is really cool that 
that uh, that Jeff, you have such a, a kind of a personal story to go along with your visit there, and and, and then obviously living really close there. Uh, I mean, that's really unique. I mean, uh, I, I don't know that you that you saw any of the supernatural yourself, but that that story of that Polaroid is is pretty convincing as well. I mean, like you said, kind of hard to fake something with like a Polaroid because it's it's an instant developed item you know there's exactly i mean and, and then like you said this wasn't like one of the new uh you know hipster polaroids this was an older polaroid i mean uh you know it's a it, it's definitely crazy when you see that kind of stuff and that's honestly to me the most convincing things that i see is when you see the old footage of things because it was so much more uh, uh unrealistic for you to fake something like that then exactly yeah so really cool place I hope they are able to get it reopened or if they don't that somehow preserve that building because it, it is uh, very interesting um, architecturally with the two corner towers and the brick facade. So it'd be a shame if, uh, if they tore it down. Yeah, definitely. So, so this next one, Eric, I think you have to take it. You are a, 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 a – you've been here multiple times. Yeah, yeah. And I think you should be the best one to talk about this one. Yeah, definitely. So uh, uh, as Russ kind of mentioned, I, I have uh, visited – this is the Al Ringling Brew Company. This is in downtown Baraboo. Um, it, very cool location. They've got a lot of really cool older circus kind of uh, 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 relics and, and, uh, and, and a lot of old signs and stuff too. I think some of even the old like circus – items are are original to the ringling uh, circus as well so uh, it was built for the eldest ringling brother al and his wife lou uh, it was completed in 1906 uh, ringling only lived in it for a short time before succumbing to kidney disease in 1916 uh, after his death his sister ida ringling uh, uh, north had moved to ra uh, raise her family so um it definitely stayed within the family then even after uh, al had passed away but uh uh, in 1936, the mansion was sold to the local Elks Lodge, where it served the Fraternal Order. Back to Fraternal Order talk here. The Fraternal Order of the Eagles was before, and now we got the Elks Lodge. This is all very, this is mysterious stuff here. Lights turn on and off on their own. Unexplained noises are heard. Uh, inexplicable cold spots pop up, so you, you get that little chill. The lights turn on and off. You're wondering what the hell's going on. Um, the owner, while conducting a tour caught the, 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 the vision of a mustached man uh, in an elegant black suit as he glanced into a mirror. Uh, could he have thought uh, caught the, the reflection of the senior ringling uh, who sported a trademark mustache? I mean, that Probably. sounds plausible. I mean... It wasn't me. I don't have a six-stash like that, so... I mean, you do. It's if not you, that If bad. you shave it. It could have been Jeff. I, um, I've heard he's got a six-stash, and... Um, <laughs> But anyway, the, his suspicions may have been confirmed when a lady on the tour asked if any of the uh, docents dressed in period garb because she had just witnessed the same vision. So, I mean, multiple people on that tour uh, happened to see the, the same vision, and that's that's pretty convincing in itself. So, it ain't no cosplayer, honey. That's the real deal. Yeah, that's the real deal. That's a <laughs> fucking ghost, you idiot. Um, while the mansion was being restored, a wooden box was actually discovered. Within that box, the owner found a traditional beer recipe. That very beer is now served at Al Ringling Brewing Company. Which, which you brought back. I did, yeah. I brought uh, a few different brews back, but that was one of them. The mm. original recipe uh, found in that wooden box is still brewed right now. 
the house is now open for tours as well. And the beer hall and restaurant have opened their doors to the public after their restoration. And let me tell you, the place looks great. It's really cool. It's, it's a good visit. Uh, and for the brave amongst us, uh, the mansion offers guided tours after dark of their haunted happenings. It is by appointment only, so make sure to go on uh, uh, their website. And then also, I think uh, maybe they, they can book stuff by calling. But make sure to get in there and, and, and you know get your appointment and go see this after dark thing because I've heard it's absolutely awesome. Jeff, you have any notes on the El Ringling Brewing Co.? Yeah, so the El, El Ringling has really embraced their haunted history almost to a cringeworthy level. They've uh, <laughs> they kitted they out a minivan dressed up as the Echo One. Now, you got to remember, these people were retired circus folks, so they're, they're showmen at heart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that they, they've um, at least embraced that history and the haunted history. But kitchen this aside, it's really cool that they were able to revive that old beer recipe. Now, I tried it, and I personally didn't like it. No. Beer beer has changed quite a bit in, you know, the 100 years since that. Probably been 10. But uh, it's still cool to, to see that they're brewing that and people want to be buying it. And then as for the old beer hall um, in the tap room, they really outfitted like an old, like a throwback Bavarian beer hall. So it's worth checking out and uh, trying some of that um, that uh, original Ringling recipe beer. Yeah, and taking a live band, maybe they got a polka there. Yeah, and that's what's really cool is that uh, you know they they do have some events that, that you know live bands will play in there. It's not a huge building or anything by any means, but a um, enough space to to definitely house a you know like a little band in the corner. And then uh, you know I, I like what you said that they kind of do it to uh, almost a cringeworthy level <laughs> that they. What did you say they had? They had a minivan that they made look like the Ecto One. Yeah. Oh, I did yeah. not see that. So, I love so it. the question I have on that: How many clowns can you fit in that mofo? Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like you, you, clowns can fit in those little cars. You can get like ten clowns. How many can you fit in the Ecto One? A minivan Ecto One. I think by there way. needs to be a challenge. Yeah. I agree. Minivan yeah. Ecto One. Well, I guess we'll be a part of it. Um. I ain't afraid of no ghost. No, that's a and, and like you said too, that beer is absolutely not great. Uh, it's but it's worth it. It's worth a go to to kind of get an idea of what beer, like you said, was like uh, back then versus you know now what we have with such uh, great and un, and awesome craft beers. And they also offer those other craft beers as well. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely a good visit. So next uh, tavern here, we, what do we got here? We're talking about Club Forest and Plover. And uh, Plover's on your way north on 51 there when you're heading up to the north woods. I always stop at the Plover Walmart on my way to, to Minocco. Oh, yeah, or you got the Oso Brewing right off the freeway there. Also in Plover, If yeah. you go to Plover. Uh, like many of our list today, it was a favorite of infamous gangsters like Al Capone and John Dillinger in the 1920s and 30s, which we've already talked about. As you go north, the cops aren't going to follow. It's a great place to lay low. Get away with a little more, get some brothels, get some ladies, get some lapping on the shoulders. <laughs> yeah, get a couple of shoulder laps. <laughs> get a couple laps. The main haunt is supposedly from the original owner of the bar, Melvin. The bar was known to be a place of ill repute. Melvin, who was a coachman or someone who actually picked up the girls from the train station and would deliver them back to the bar. And he actually watched over them to make sure they were well taken care of while they were in the area. He served as a guard for these girls, and specifically he fell in love with one of them, who was being disrespected by a patron, and Melvin confronted him. This confrontation turned into an argument, and then a fight, and eventually his death would happen from this 
defending of a lady. Many believe he is still there protecting female patrons and being the guardian within its walls. Objects moving, stools flying, jukeboxes turning on and off make this a great place for the lover of paranormal. He's protecting chicks, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's like, what, what, so what, I got to learn this. So the kids are trying to tell me this. Like when it comes to the guys, there's like chads, right? Okay. What? So there's chads, yeah, or like the top yeah. dogs. Chads. Top what are dog. the ones that are like the ones that don't get a lot of ladies, but like they want to get a lot of ladies? Like weird. Probably like this Melvin. Is, this is Melvin. Like we're talking about yeah. this level. Chads and Melvins. <laughs> we're changing it. Melvin. Chads and Chazes. Chaz is the one that doesn't get shit, but it is always like the friend. He's friend zoned. Oh, Chaz dude. is forever friend zoned. We've, Chad. We've all been friend zoned once in our life, though. Yeah. Let's be honest. Now, I, here's the here's the problem I have with this story, and then and then Jeff, I'll let you kind of take over here. But Melvin, as the coachman, kind of sounded like I mean, he picked up the girls from the train station. Is that maybe like human trafficking? It it seems like it's, human. It's trafficking. on the border, right? He's bringing these girls back for the gangsters at the bar. It's borderline. It's borderline. They, they were they were they were willing. They, they came out of company of. Melvin was was their bodyguard. They came to to make a living, and you shouldn't disparage him for that, Eric. I'm trying not to, but I just the I mean, lapping the lapping was consensual. Chaz Melvin kind of sounds like a creep, dude. You Chaz know? Melvin? Why why is he Chaz? Where did well, Chaz come from? Because Chads. There's Chads oh, okay. and then so Chazes. You just, you just <laughs> Chaz is the guy that doesn't get Jeez, anything. Okay. Yeah. Chaz Melvin. Yeah, That's sorry. New, I mean, they're new, they're they're pretty new close. terminology. Throw that one yeah. in the Webster. Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> do you have anything uh, more professional to say about this? Yeah. So, <laughs> yet another place with a tie to gangster history, Dillinger. Um, it's the place is still around, which is awesome. It is on the rotation for my parents who live not too far. I grew up in Rapids, kind of on the outskirts of the east side. So Clover's the next town over, and. Um, Club Forest right there on 54 is worth a stop. So they think it's the best fish fry in the area. Uh, it's still a dive. It's still got kind of that greasy grunge around the edges, a local bar. Uh, so, you know, for cheap beer, old-fashioned, greasy fish fry, uh, food, it's a place to stop. And as you drive into the parking lot, you'll see this little Swiss cottage-looking place. And now this was a vestige of five cabins that were set up for people to rent for entertainment purposes. So there used to be five of them. There's one remaining. It's dressed up in the uh, green and gold Packers schema. So it's kind of cool to see it. Um, looks like it's seen better days, but I'm glad they still kind of keep that around. It's kind of a uh, throwback to the, uh, the history of the place. That is so actually really cool. Yeah, passing through Rapids, Clover, Stevens Point. Stop there for a brisky. And a fish fry, it sounds like too. You gotta gotta check that out if you're, especially if you're, uh, you know, kind of listing out and, and trying to find the best one. I, with this one being, you know, uh, uh, hailed the best by by some, sounds like you gotta check it out. To know to know you're in a true Wisconsin bar, you gotta yeah. bring a you gotta bring calipers with you. You go calipers. over. You, you go. go. You go. Engineer you, talk. You go over to the you go over to the muskie on the wall there. You take your calipers yeah. and measure the amount of dust on the dorsal, and that'll tell yeah. you how that'll tell you how Wisconsin that sucker is. Now it's also it. a, a true test uh, if you if you go to a place and they still have the um, above the bar the fan that used to to suck in the the oh, yeah. uh, the tobacco oh, yeah. um, and and the and the smoke from all the 
patrons having having their uh, their their cigarettes and their cigars. So, you know, funny story about that is like I know it's banned in our state, but if you go further up north, that the people just say "f it" and they still do it. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, um, there's, there's kind of an effort it attitude. Common... It's an effort attitude when you right. get up, like Clark County. I went to one of the bars. The, the thing was smoked out, dude. It was looked like a smoke room. I love, I love that, like especially on on days when it's raining, uh, or you know during the winter, a lot of them will open the door and then they'll smoke with the door open. Like that's helping. And that's and and they're literally like, <laughs> yeah, they'll sure. like step in to hear like the Shania Twain song that's you know inevitably on the radio, and they're like. I mean, I'm blowing the smoke outside. <laughs> that don't impress like, me. Much. Oh my oh, god, god, I'm dude. getting out of here, dude. Yeah, that dude. was good. It was good. Jeff, you gotta, you gotta appreciate that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you like the Twain? I like the Twain. She's a short cutie, so yeah, I'm Canadian throwing it out. Cutie. I'm, I'm throwing it out there. She's a little. She's a Canadian near. So what do we got here next? We've got a, my uh, favorite, another Madison haunt. The last one we got on our list is my favorite bar of all time. We're talking about Mickey's. We're talking about the Willie Street wildness. We're talking about close to Crystal Corner, close to the Wisco, some of my favorite bars I've regularly visited and been multiple times drunk and fallen into a curb and looked like a goof. Yeah. So. A little goofball. Let's talk about what we got here. Um, So my favorite bar located at 1524 Williamson Street, or Willie's, as known by the locals, Milky... Milkies, <laughs> jeez Louise! I'm thinking farm talk here. Milkies. Let's talk about Milkies. So uh, Mickey's was built by uh, Mickey's grandfather in 1902 with a tavern on the first floor and apartments above. Mickey lived in one of them. Legend has it that Mickey loves that bar so much that he never left. In 1990s, when Mickey did move out of his apartment, only one week after he moved out, he actually ended up dying. Which ah oh, shit. Yeah. And the bar actually Bummer. gained the most notoriety in 1910 when members of the Buffalo Bills Wild West show was murdered on the street on the steel front porch where uh, he was dragged away by by carnies. Right. Seems. Yeah. Like, like carnival folk Damn. took him away. Yeah. So some guy was killed. The bar and back bar with the lit up dog. Uh, which is the familiar is installed in 1942. So there's a, a there's a like dog a hunting thing. dog. It's like just the head of a hunting dog. There's a lot of like back and forth why that was installed. I actually couldn't find why it was installed. Exactly, it's just well, a yeah. hunting dog. Probably and, just a cool thing, you know. And today, you know, it has multiple eclectic rooms. Um, a lot of hipsters hang out there. Um, like myself, yeah. I was kind of a hipster at that point when I was in school. Now I you're mean, a farmer. Um, I, I've uh, I've always had that farm roots. I just kind of like you know me. I kind of drifted away, pop punk, and like we yeah. skateboarded and kind of got out of that a little bit. You're a hipster farmer, man. Yeah, you know you get a little. You smell like shit, but you're still skating, right? Well, hipsters smell like shit too. So I actually lived kitty corner um, from uh, Rogers and Willie's with a girlfriend of mine at the time. She was living in kind of a co-op with three other girls. Um, actually shout outs, Nev, I haven't seen you in a long time. Hope you're doing all right out there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just, there's many things that happen in this thing. Spirits have been spotted in the basement and upstairs. Things like machines turning on and off randomly noises and black shadow movement has also been seen by staff and Patreon alike. And actually I remember one night being there to close, um, and I remember the old jukebox that they have on the wall, which is like when you first walk in, it's to the left. It's a really old jukebox. I was just sitting there at the bar drinking a beer and nobody was in the bar. There's like two other people. And all of a sudden that thing turned on and everyone in the bar like turned around like, what is going on here? Yeah. But wow. yeah, a great, but a great place to also see local music. And actually where I met my girlfriend, because I kept bothering her when she was working the Sunday brunch and I'd go in there every week, every single fucking week until she finally like said I would go out with you. 
You're a it Chaz. took a long time. I was a Chaz, dude. You're I was a, a Chaz. Chaz I was a Chaz Melvin. I became a Chad overnight. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Clutch from Chaz to Chad, bro. Knock that sucker, dude. <laughs> the evolution. Friend, friend zone to spend time yeah. zone. Now, Jeff, Kobe. have you ever been a Chaz to Chad uh, conversion here? <laughs> I can't say that I have. <laughs> I've I've been a Chaz a couple times in my life. I'm gonna yeah. be honest with you. Did you make the evolution from Chaz to Chad? <laughs> um, do you have any personal stories about this place as well? Well, like Russ said, Mickey's is an institution in that Willie Street neighborhood. We talked earlier on the uh, past episode about the Ohio Tavern, uh, just down the street, within walking distance. So to have these two places so close and then you also mentioned the Wisco. Yeah. Super cool places, Madison local icons. Um and like this one they say that Mickey still hangs around. I wouldn't doubt that. And uh our friend, me and Russ's friend, Laura Cram, uh, came down to explore Madison. We met up with Chad Lewis and we kind of saw some haunted locations in Madison. And we had to end the night at Mickey. So it was a nice summer day, so we sat on the patio, and um, it was also where our haunted pub crawl with American Ghost Walk kicked off last year. So great place to check out. Um, it's still kind of greasy and divey, which I like, even though it's kind of been reformed by the hipsters, but it still tries to hold on to some of that, you know, seedier aspect. So great place, great throwback, and I can see why it's Russell's favorite box. Yeah, it's funny because like they have these old, those old wood floors in there that are like just caked in beer. They've been mopped so many times that sure. like all the stain is coming up, and just years of beer spills and like just a great pl- my kind of my kind of Wisconsin. And there's uh, something about there's yeah. something to be said about the the kind of that older uh, wood floor too that has seen, I mean, how many different pairs of boots and high heels and and uh, you just wonder who's who has stepped foot in that thing previously it's one of my favorite things to to think about i think jeff you mentioned it on that last episode about uh just knowing the history of the place before it was you know maybe this tavern that you're in today like what what other things did this building serve as and and what kind of individuals uh and and patrons were through those doors you know yeah how many characters passed through those doors how many uh stories were told within those halls you know does the the substrates that like you said the wooden floors do the walls actually absorb that energy yeah you really got to question that when you walk into one of those places and see if you can connect with that path and i think that's kind of the 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 best way to sort of end this series you know as as a part two here is uh you know we talked a lot about apparitions and ghostly beings and figures and and old spirits and stuff um but how much of that is is maybe just the the walls trying to, to talk to you and tell you that story uh, of all the different things that that building has seen you know is it maybe just the building uh talking to you and making itself present and and giving you all of the lore uh you know through through some uh, uh paranormal sort of you know means but absolutely great way to wrap that up eric but Jeff, thank you so much for scooching in and coming in today and talking a little bit about these haunted taverns and bars. Kind of the place where I want to end up when I die. If I can haunt, I'm going to go into my local tavern and drink in a couple brewskis in the afterlife there. <laughs> what, what was that old song? Prop me up against the jukebox if I die? Oh, yeah. yeah you bet. You better believe it. Was that by Lady Gaga? 
<laughs> I think I, it might have been George Strait. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, same guy. <laughs> same guy. <laughs> Holy smokes. It, All right. I, I'm sorry for for the hardcore country fans. It was it was Joe Diffie. Joe, yeah, okay. Joe Diffie's good too. I mean, that's Lady Gaga, kind of. <laughs> we're going same back. Haircut. We're going back to the L. He keeps going back to the LG reference. Yeah. We're not talking about Lake Geneva here. We're talking yeah. about Lady Gaga here. In the yeah, this of the is show. Gaga. <laughs> but All right. Thank you, Jeff, so yeah. much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and uh, maybe you get a couple brews in you. Maybe see a couple ghosts or two. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Um, if you want to check me out, Badgerland Legends on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, look for the Wisconsin um, Wisconsin Legends group on Facebook, and you can join us to talk about more of this crazy wild stuff. And uh, go pack, go! All right, thanks a lot, Badgerland Jeff. All right, so now we're going to jump right into our Wisconsin music segment. <laughs> what else would we do? Oh yeah, uh, this is that time, and. Uh, today we have a, a cool throwback, like we mentioned at the top. Hey, Mercedes. Our like late senior year, junior year for you, Sturgeon. I yeah. mean, this was kind of a huge deal at the time. We're talking about Hey, Mercedes, who are from Milwaukee and Chicago. Um, the bad half of the band, probably from Illinois. We're not throwing it out there at all, Gary's. Um, but yeah, they have the great music. I remember them growing up. Um, Sturgeon, I know you do too. They kind of had a couple hits that became a little big, a couple fuse hits, if I remember right. Yeah, and and uh, again, you know the the as far as the active years go for this band, they were kind of the the what formed after the dissolution of the band Braid. Oh yeah, um, and so. Um, those members from Braid that kind of transitioned in, that Bob and Todd and Damon, uh, all kind of moved into this new uh, emo uh, pop punk kind of band uh, that they decided to call Hey Mercedes. This was uh, Milwaukee slash Chicago, um, and uh, they they really began in 1999 with that you know the the falling out of Braid. They kind of stopped working together around 2005. Um, the year I graduated. Yeah, actually. exactly. Yeah, so the the year before uh, I graduated, and then they got back together for a year, and then they uh, they also toured again in 2016 and 2017. Um, haven't really heard anything from them since. I know, right? But I may, I remember. I, I think we saw them at uh, Warp Tour. I think it was yes. around we, before we graduated. I think junior year for 2004 ish. Maybe um, sophomore year for you. Yeah. when we saw them. I think it was 2004 ish. The 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 show that we went to and. Milwaukee at Summerfest grounds. They did a, um, a one stint of, on the on, on that warp tour. I think they were one of the side stages, which was really cool because they actually also had a band I really liked at the time was Disco Ensemble. They were yes. like a Finnish like kind of pop punk. You band. loved them, dude. Oh my you god, were I was really huge into, into those guys. Um, but so, yeah, you definitely got to check out more by Hey Mercedes. This was kind of the one I picked out. I really liked. I always kind of like sang in my head. It was kind of stuck in my head. This one was always one of those ones that, uh, you know, we ran back to. I think we would include it on. Uh, we would create like, no, again, this is dating ourselves. We would create mixtapes and we would burn CDs. And uh, um, this was something Russ and I would do a lot when we were on our way to um, like a show. We would we would create a CD that would get us, you know, all the way to Milwaukee or Chicago, wherever we were going. Uh, or even Madison shit. We went sucking, to Madison a few sucking times. Sucking music out of LimeWire, which gave and, you like a million viruses. And sucking <laughs> brews on yeah, our way yeah. to each show in your Heck Volvo yeah. or the Ford Explorer. Um, but this one in particular was just a groovy song. Uh, this one is uh, Hey Mercedes, Save a Life. Hey 
Again, hey Mercedes, save a life. Classic band. I mean, for us growing up, that was kind of like the stuff we went to for music, and especially because they're local. You know, we we uh, we we always enjoyed the stuff that was coming right out of uh, you know Much Music or Fuse or anything like that that was on the pop punk uh, charts and things. But uh, you and I, in particular, were very into uh, trying to find some of these local, you know, bands the the ones that came out of like you know like promise ring and shit like yeah, those guys sure. were the best they played with you know all of our like we would go and see motion city soundtrack and promise ring would be on that bill or uh you know hey mercedes would be you know showing up at the rave playing with you know fallout boy or something like that it was just like 
it was just the best stuff uh, uh, coming out of Wisconsin, kind of playing with some of those bigger acts too. So we were really into that stuff. And uh, um, that song in particular, again, very catchy, very good. Just something that Russ and I would always include. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of bands that came out too. And like, we're going to feature more of them actually because I kind of reached out and hopefully some of these people are okay with us playing their music. Some of them we like usually reach out. We don't have copyright laws. We've kind of talked about that before. Yeah, which we're, we're not, not really, really worried about it. We're not really it, in honestly. it for the money, to be honest. More of just like promoting the Wisconsin music. You know? Well, and most of the time, you know, and this is probably getting into too much jargon about, uh, you know, fair use kind of stuff, but fair use laws typically allow for um, reviews. Uh, and parodies so like as long as you're using it and then reviewing it it's fine so um we're not gonna be able to make any money off of it but and we're okay with that like we hope those other bands the whole point of the podcast is to promote wisconsin just to give more listens to these uh, guys and, and more exposure not that we're claiming to have the ability to give them a ton of exposure uh because we don't want to be full-headed and 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 uh you know just you know misunderstood about things but here's the thing we know that plenty of people listen to our podcast and that uh any one of those individuals that listen on a weekly basis might catch something that they enjoy for sure you know so let's move into a review of a alcoholic beverage here uh from the state of wisconsin um as we kind of previously hinted that we were going to do another carbon four brew uh this is carbon four and this is their uh, hard seltzer, and this is the a different one, lesser one. version of the which previous is, one, which is kind of nice because I'm not gonna lie, I got kind of wrecked on those nine percent. Well, this one's enjoy with moderation. The other one should be in, enjoy with very close moderation. Like you only want to have like two of those. This one is is more of a, a light. It's a a four percent alcohol by volume. And Eric, so there's four flavors that you got in this sampler pack. We got a uh, I Am Your Huckleberry, which is a Val Kilmer Tombstone reference, one of my favorite movies Hell of yeah, all man. time. Tombstone. I love that movie. It's a uh, I'm Your Huckleberry. There is the Black Cherry uh, Takes Two to Mango, um, and then yeah, they have a Cucumber Melon as yep. well, and that's one of your favorites, right, Eric? I love pretty much anything cucumber. Um, my favorite version of. Uh, of Gatorade is always the cucumber lime. That's always uh, a classic for me. The cans, you know, the cans kind of simplistic, which is really nice. It has the Carbon Four logo on it. Um, each can kind of has an individual like little character of like a fruit. Um, the I'm Your Huckleberry obviously has like the Tombstone Val Kilmer six dash sick cowboy hat reference on the can, which is awesome because I love that movie. Um, but I recommend this one, Eric. Again. So we've always talked about where we find these. Did you also find this one at the DL, which is the discount liquor? Because yeah, Because this was just really cool. We keep this baby on the DL now. Uh, discount liquor was the uh, location that was uh, spotted for this one. And uh, the, the cool thing is, again, uh, with them and, you know, companies like uh, um, Total Wine and Festival, they keep a, a cool stock of local stuff. And... That's what I appreciate is that it, they make it easy for me to find uh, the stuff that's that's right here in the state. And and uh, Discount Liquor uh, had a a good amount of of other seltzers even that were uh, brewed right here in the state of Wisconsin. So these ones were just a handful of the ones that I found um, and uh, and and absolutely thought I would enjoy. Carbon Four has always been one of the things that we enjoy. Um, obviously, their Fantasy Factory is 
fucking phenomenal. I mean, I love their movie references. Threat Level Midnight. Like uh, Night Drive. Night dude, Drive. How, we love that movie Drive, dude. That's yeah. one of our favorite movies. I bought which you we that, like connected. Remember I bought you that 180 gram vinyl of oh, the Oh yeah, soundtrack? it's like a clear pink color. Yeah. Mike has a sick scorpion jacket that you got oh, him. Oh yeah, fuck. I forgot I spent money on that and too. And dude, we that love, was a custom we made love that movie, dude. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, Ryan Gosling, right? Um, yeah. Classic movie. Handsome and there's a lot of gunplay in that movie. And he like, I think he kind of like curb stomps some dude in the elevator. He might, yeah. He there might be a head that gets smashed in an elevator. But what's cool is that uh, Carbon Four is always doing it uh, uh, like a little bit more alt style and um, keeping it hip, you know, with the times, yeah. which has always been a plus to us. We've actually had a chance to go to their old brewery, Many times. right? Is it their old one? Because I don't know if they moved or not. Their old tap room was really small. It was if kind of in was, like a plaza. Yeah. They yeah. took over for Ale Asylum, actually, because Ale Asylum moved out. Ale Asylum moved out. Ale Asylum's no longer. I, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, they outgrew themselves. We had, no, Ale Asylum's just gone. Like, they... Like completely, right? Yeah. Is uh, Wisconsin Brewing Company still kind of brewing for them, though? Because I've still seen some of their brewers on Not the shelf. Sure. I don't know. WBC but... does uh, Lake Louie. Louie, which is one of... Obviously, yeah. we love Lake Louie. Warp Speed is still being brewed. Um... I, you know, here's the thing. I, I love, uh, I love Carbon Four. I love all the beers they make. Their can art is absolutely ridiculous. It's always the, the top notch of the fun. You know, like the cat riding a fucking unicorn shooting laser guns. With a guns. Mario cast in the background. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, dude. It's, it's so, so cool. good. And then, yeah. you know, the other thing is they're just making really great drinks. Uh, and and I have to say they're making great drinks because they're not only making beer, man. They're brewing. These seltzers uh, that that are crazy and and stouts, IPAs, I double IPAs, them. red ales, like you name it, they have it. Yeah, I respect them so much, and and I would put a uh, Carbon Four is right up there with uh, Eagle Park for me uh, as far as some of my favorite breweries in the state. Um, it just some of the some of the best drinks I've had uh, come out of these places, and and I'm I'm so proud to be able to. Um, to find these things locally and, and then to be able to um, expose them to you, the listener. And, and you know, this is, this is, this is what Russ and I designed this whole thing for, which is great. So. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? All right, folks, you know what that means. It's time for how many locos you have, brother. Ah. That sounded and, painful. Yeah, and this one right? obviously, like, uh, we're talking about computer cleaner in an OWI this time, right? Like, yeah. what are we talking about here, Eric? So, yeah, this one, uh, this one will be unique because we've never had to do a conversion of this style before. Uh, we have had to do like drugs slash alcohol into a conversion. We've done mathematics. Yeah, we've mathematics. Done whole, yeah. We've done the whole deal here. So this one, the uh, the the. Title of the article is Woman Charged with 7th DUI After Huffing Duster Spray Minutes Before Car Crash. She wasn't cleaning keyboards. She was cleaning her brain clear. Dude, she thought. was trying to just okay. get it all out of there. She was trying to wipe her drive, bro. Um, so this <laughs> one is West Bend, Wisconsin. So that's uh, not too far away talking from Talking about the here. WBs. The old WB. And uh, an OWI charge was filed Tuesday, January 21st against a West Bend woman. Prosecutor said was huffing... Before she caused a three-vehicle crash on Friday, January 17th in WB, that's West Bend. Um, according to prosecutors, uh, a 47-year-old woman purchased duster spray at Walmart minutes before 
the crash happened uh, and stands accused of 7th OWI. Now, the one thing I want to remind everybody of really quick before we continue on with this article is that uh, OWI means operating while intoxicated. It does not mention anything about uh, liquor or alcohol. It's operating while intoxicated on anything. It could be even too much caffeine you could get uh, this citation for. Uh, Medication, uh, duster spray, like any of those things that could impair your driving can land you into this citation. So... Let's move forward here. Officials responded to the scene of the crash involving three vehicles at 1.39 p.m. That's 1.39 in the afternoon here. Uh, the criminal complaint said that uh, the duster spray was purchased at 1.27. So we're talking about 12 whole so minutes after. She parking lot spray. She fucking ruined her brain uh, in 12 minutes. When you left the store, we thought you were going to clean your keyboard, not your brain cells. Yeah, man. Like, what the fuck, dude? Um, now, let it also be on the record that uh, duster spray, when you hold it upside down with the little nozzle stick. Are you talking whippets? Well, no, I'm not talking whippets. What I'm saying okay. is that you can turn it upside down, and then it instantly turns into a freeze. And so you can freeze, like, flies. I used to do that in my uh, Milwaukee... House nice. days. Nice. Um, if you have a fly that's stuck in your windowsill, you just turn that thing upside down, spray that song, bitch, and it's done. Turns the icicle. It turns into an icic fly. Uh, so, according to the complaint, uh, I'm not really sure what happened and said... This is in a parking she, lot, though. Let's be honest. This yeah. is a dusting duster in the parking lot. She said, I'm not really sure what happened. And she wasn't sure whether she was hit or she hit someone so she is completely delirious. As like to we what said, brain cells are there. gone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When you huff, it's it's uh, a complete like wreckage of the next hour. You know, when advised, the witnesses in- indicated she caused the crash. She said, "Probably, yeah." The complaint said <laughs> um, that she was going through a lot of stuff. I mean, I think she meant I'm going through a lot of huff. <laughs> <laughs> There's no keyboards involved in the stuff. It's more. Uh, yeah, like, I got a keyboard in the bag. I was cleaning, and it I went got, off. I got an iPad. I got an iPad. <laughs> iPad. I was trying to clean it out. Um, telling investigators she was dealing with withdrawals from Effexor uh, and hadn't used prescription medication that she just picked up at Walmart, nor any intoxicants. Uh, she said she remembered leaving Walmart, but couldn't recall how the crash happened adding that she was in a really bad way. Um, okay. The, the, the report says that uh, she was arrested for OWI but denied using the spray. She was taken to the hospital for a blood draw. Which is crazy that they found Huff in her spray because that leaves like really instantly. Like That stuff does not last in your system. Well, yeah, it's it's a quick fifteen minute. It's it's, it's like uh, yeah, it's like DMT where it lasts seven, like so quick minutes, and it just yeah. leaves your body like instantly. Which is crazy that they found that in her blood still. Like she must have been huffing hard, dude. Like like you know what I mean? Like I an industrial crazy. level cleaner. I don't know that she that it was found in the system. That just says that the hospital uh they they did a blood draw. It doesn't mean that But she still got a D O W I. So like they must have found something. Oh hundred percent, yeah. Okay. Because she had that in the car. Uh, and because it was probably, um, you can tell when those things have been used or not, because you don't huff it uh, maybe directly a, out of maybe the spray. Maybe there's an aerosol can in there, and that's where. And here's the thing: some. an aerosol can, like a duster, a spray like that, 
once it's used, the 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 seal has been cracked. So like, um, general use would be that she would like put it into a sock first or something like that. So there had to have been other things uh, around in the car that would have uh, indicated to the use of the duster spray. You don't just spray it into your mouth and that's it. Like that's not how it works. Uh, um, I've seen these types of things. Uh, Steve O from Jackasses, sucking whippets. one of those guys that that I know plenty about, and have seen all the videos that that exist of that guy using uh, whippets, like you're saying, the the little CO two cartridges mm-hmm. that you put into like a uh, a whipped cream. Basically, can it kind of cuts everything off, and you kind of go into like a hallucinogenic state for like ten right. seconds, and then you come back. Right. So it, it, you know, they, there must have been something else that indicated to the. Uh, authorities that she had absolutely used this thing uh, between uh, the the twelve minutes that she left Walmart to this to the scene of the crime. Um, so her previous six uh, OWIs are from 1998, 2000, 2001, 2007, 2012, and 2018. So um, I mean, she said she's going through some shit, but she's been going through some shit for a long <laughs> she's time. She's been going through some shit since for '98. Fucking twenty years, man. Biscuit was on the radio in '98. I was just gonna say, man, we're talking the about best. this is Durst, the worst was, Durst to baby. She's all yeah. the way back to '98. She was all the way back to when you wore a red New York Yankees cap to Even now. Even though, like, a, I don't like. I've always cap. been a wear Brewers caps, and I got made fun of. Like, oh yeah, I'll I never mean, wear an NY hat. Yep. Screw New York Yankees. Like, can I admit something? Yeah. I Did you wear a, an NY? I had a red NY. From the Durst. I was a huge Limp Bizkit fan, man. Your cousin and I were huge into them. Yeah, like the uh, LB. Eric and I. Yeah. I always wore Brew Crew, dude, even though I got made fun of a lot of times. I did. I, so I, I would wear even, You were a Brew Crew fan back then. Always. I'm not going to lie, but you, you had now, an NY because huge. of the Durst. The worst Durst. I w- I'm still a huge brewer. I have like probably 60 brewer's caps in this house somewhere. You um, you know where all all like game used shit that I buy at the games. Like I love going to the authentic shop and buying somebody's hat that fits my dome. You know. So I don't know where to go with this era because we got actually they're not DUIs. They're actually OWIs. Six priors. So yeah. She was doing some other stuff, and then we got this one coming up with a duster. Yeah. So converting the duster to uh, we're talking about liquor, keyboard cleaner you know. here to liquor. Yeah. We we like want to clean our electronics out, but we also couldn't convert it to a loco. And uh, obviously the accident happened. I mean, you want to know what you get a shot of duster? You're basically like you're ba- you're messed up. You're blackout. Yeah. Like, and my my thing is, I don't know that we have to be super accurate here. I think we just have to be. I mean, we know it's over sixteen, but we don't know where it's. We got to be calculated. Like, yeah, your brain is apt. Because I think the thing is, is that for the fifteen minutes, mi- fifteen minutes ish is what I wanted to say. Uh, we have to be close here and that's it like we just have to somehow come up with a calculation uh for that quick 10 15 minutes that she's doing something so we know it's blackout so we know it's over 16 yeah like you have a number instantly. right it's like, an instant blackout i mean is what it i is. mean for me right away 20 comes to mind like that's immediate like that's exactly yeah. what i thought well i mean yeah. where were you at when you thought about this 18 was like the first number that hit me so are we going 19 loco i think that's safe uh as far as uh Conversion goes, and and as far as meeting in the middle here, compromising uh, with your twenty, my eighteen. I think nineteen feels. I think nineteen feels okay. Um, you wanna know what? I really hope she gets help because like that many OWIs, like they're operating while intoxicated. Who knows what she had in her system previously? Meth. Who I knows? Think, you know. I think my brain automatically goes to. 
if her thought process was that I need to do this thing in order to feel better, I hope she gets help. Me too, uh, man. She's I going mean, through some shit. Most we, people we're are all able going to through cope. some shit, dude. Like, yeah. like inflation sucks. Like, we're all going through some shit. Like, we all have credit cards. Like, they're a little higher than normal. Yeah, we all being have able like, to uh, issues. Like, being able to supplement income somehow uh, helps. Uh, find something, a passion project of yours. I love playing music. Uh, I love to uh, go out and play shows. Uh, me playing with the Sons of Leroy has certainly helped. I mean, we don't make a ton of money, but Just when we go out and we play shows, I mean, I make a few. I make a few uh, hundred bucks, you know, and in a month from and that. To be honest, don't cope with duster, dude. Like it's never don't the way, cope man. Don't dust, man. Don't go dust. I mean, you can clean a keyboard, you can clean a computer, but don't clean your brain. I know you're going through some stuff, but don't huff. Nice. Can I get a knock on that? That was pretty clutch. You got the knock, bro. <laughs> All right. So what are we going with here, Eric? We're going uh, 18, 19, 19, 19 local on this. Yeah. Sound the gavel. Law and order this. How? All right. That concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, Please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch, watch out for deer, deer on your way home. home.